And I know this is a text that uh, is not new to many of you. Um, I know it is something that we talk about often, but I think many times perhaps we don't fully get the full picture or we may look at this particular text outside of its respective context. A lot of times this text is used for the issue of healing, whether it's healing in the atonement or or divine healers. It is a, a popular one used of faith healers. But I want to submit to you today and that the word of God in the text here actually speaks to more than just physical healing. If you look at the epistle of James, the epistle of James is written to church, to Jews in the diaspora who are facing persecution and suffering as a result of their faith in Jesus Christ. And James writes here in these uh, chapters about faith and about perseverance. One of, one of the verses that was a real blessing to me this past year was James 1.12. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, for when he has uh, endured, he shall be given the crown of life, which the, which the Lord shall give him. A real source of encouragement. And that's what I want to do today, is I want to encourage through the word of God, those of us that may have been worn or may are worn or weary from the trials, uh, we are approaching a thousand days of prayer. We have been diligently praying for revival. We have not seen perhaps the revival that we had in our hearts and in our mind, but yet we know that the word of God is constantly going forward and the Lord does hear our prayer. If you look at the context of chapter 5, the context, again, deals with those that are suffering persecution, being tested for their faith. And included in that are those who are physically sick and those who are weak. And a closer look at the text may reveal more than what we may have thought. Here we see James says, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. And that word sick in the Greek means to be feeble. It means to be sick. It means to be worn. It could be used physically. It could be used emotionally. It could be used spiritually, right? In the New Testament, for instance, it's used 18 times to speak of physical illness and being physically sick. But it's also used 14 times in the New Testament for emotional or spiritual weakness. For instance, Romans 8.3, you don't have to turn there. But Romans 8.3 says, for what the law could not do in that it was weak in the flesh, God did sending his own son in the likeness of flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Another example would be 2 Corinthians 12 10, where Paul says, therefore I take pleasure in affirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions in distresses for Christ's sakes. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Other verses use the same word to speak of being physically or, or spiritually weak and exhausted and unable to muster strength or draw power. And what we find that this verb here for sick is used in the aorist tense. Now, without getting really technical, the aorist verb tense tells you just that something happened. It's like a snapshot. It's just a picture that something happened, right? And used in its grammatical context here, it simply tells us 
Well, something did happen. And the question becomes, what's happening? And James states, is any among you sick? And I submit to you that that sickness not only includes just physical illness, but it also includes a a weariness, a moral weariness, a, 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 a tiredness from trials. And if what the context of what James was speaking about was just limited to physical illness, it would appear that James shifted his context mid-thought to address the issue of physical illness without any kind of rhyme or reason. And we know that all of chapter 5 drives the context for verse 15. For instance, James 5.10, take my brethren, the prophets, who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. So when we look at this, we can we can derive very um, we can derive from the text that this application goes broader to those that are just merely physically sick. And even if we look at the rest of the text, it says, "What did we do? We call for the elders of the church, and they pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord." Right. The text states for us that the sick or weak ones call for church elders to pray for them. Why elders? Because in any church, you would be the spiritually mature, men of faith, men of character. And we also know that the anointing with oil, well, the anointing with oil doesn't have any inherent powers in and of themselves. Some say it's used symbolically of the Holy Spirit. We know that when they anointed the priests, it was used symbolically of the Holy Spirit. But if these are not merely physically ill people, if what, if what, if to whom James is speaking to go beyond just the physically ill, go to those who have been tried, those who are tested, perhaps even to those who were considering abandoning the faith, then the call to the elders makes perfect sense, right? If they're worn and weak in the faith, if they're defeated, if they're as exhausted and ready to give up, well, then we see the elders' ministry of intercession and restoration in the name of the Lord, of the one who is defeated. Now, what does this have to do? What it has to do is that there's many times in our Christian journey where we're praying constantly, maybe for one thing, maybe for several things, but we don't see immediately the answers from the Lord. And if we're honest with ourselves, many times it leads us to discouragement. And it can even lead us to disillusionment. And many times it's then when our faith becomes weak that the enemy comes in like a storm. He comes in like a flood to exacerbate that disillusionment, to exacerbate that discouragement. You know, my heart is blessed. I always say of this prayer meeting that this prayer meeting is my once a day sanity checkpoint in a in a 24-hour period that could be filled with highs and lows that that go from certain extremes when we come to the lord 
when we bring our cares and our anxieties to the Lord, when we come with our praise and thanksgiving to the Lord, we have this opportunity to come before the throne of God and find what? Grace and mercy and help in time of need. See, James is going to talk about the effectual prayer of the righteous. That it's not just prayer. It's not just blurting out requests, but it does something. It accomplishes something. It is effectual. Look what the elders do here in verse 16, in verse 14. We see, number one, they pray over them in the name of the Lord. They pray in faith. Notice that they pray in faith. That is, that is a prayer of encouragement. And they even restore some who may have, for a time period, abandoned the faith, maybe given up on the faith. We see the elders acting in a spirit of intercession. Look at verse 15. And it says, And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he hath committed any sins, it shall be forgiven him. Notice that contextually, this appears to indicate the restoration of fellowship and ministry. And one of the primary clues that we get from that is in the word save. The Greek word there being sozo, which means to, to deliver out of imminent danger and into safety. It's used so many times to speak of salvation, because when a person is saved, they're delivered from the imminent danger of God's judgment into the safety and into the security of the salvation provided by Christ. And if we look here, the verb used here speaks of a a spiritual salvation and a spiritual deliverance. And the point is here that the, the prayer of the elders will restore such a one, perhaps one who is defeated because they may be physically ill, or maybe they're defeated because they are discouraged, or maybe they're defeated because they have the spirit of all hope. They've grown weak from their spiritual plight and it will restore them to spiritual wholeness. And I wonder how many on the call today, as this year comes to an end, and you've considered this past year, maybe the past several years, and you, you feel like you're hanging by that, that threat. You're spiritually worn. You're spiritually discouraged. Well, then the prayer today the prayer today would be that God would encourage you through his Holy Spirit. That no matter what your circumstance, be it physical, emotional, spiritual, financial, whatever it may be, that the spirit of the living God would lift your soul and would encourage you of the hope that we all have in Jesus Christ. I will tell you one thing about this verse that it does not promise. And the one thing of this verse that it does not promise is it does not guarantee healing of all illnesses. As one commentator, one commentator states, what was, what was to be conveyed by this medium was 
therefore only sometimes recovery or relief, but always consolidation, the revival of confidence, and the forgiveness of sins on condition, of course, of faith and repentance. What a beautiful and a glorious truth that when we come together to meet the Lord in prayer, that we can be revived. Is that not what we're praying for? We're praying for revival. We're praying for revival of the universal church at large, the body of believers in Jesus Christ. But do we not also pray for the revival of our own hearts and of our own souls? Look at verse 16. James writes to the church, confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that ye may be healed. And the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Here we come across another curious term, and that term is, is healed, and it speaks of being supernaturally healed and bringing attention in the healing to the Lord himself. It, another way to say this, it, it, it speaks of being made whole, free from, from imperfection, free from errors and sins, and to bring about one's wholeness, one's salvation. And I wanted you to know, too, that James talks about confession of sin to be made. The Apostle John says, of course, in, in 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Perhaps if these persecuted saints had grown tired and weary of their persecution and had begun to give up on the faith, confessing such sins would restore them. And that could be the healing that is in mind here. But we know that not everyone who seeks healing receives it. We know that God has his purposes and his divine ways. And healings are done for the glory of God and not for man's will. But I want to call your attention here to the effectual prayer of the righteous man. The Greek word there is energetho properly means to energize, working in a situation. It's like the electrical current, energizing a wire to bring forth the shining light. James 5.16 gives the reason why the prayer of the righteous man has outward success. And it's because it exhibits the activity that is working in them. In other words, Effectual prayer is the result of inward righteousness. Inward righteousness is the mark of the righteous man or woman. And that inward righteousness is reflected in outward prayer that is spiritually accurate, powerful, and effective. So then as we start thinking about the new year, we start thinking of continuing in this ministry of revival prayer. Then we need to contemplate then what is the effective prayer of the righteous man? And it is inward righteousness, inward righteousness. And that inward righteousness will always be reflected in outward prayer 
that is spiritually potent and faith-filled. And it is that inward righteousness we are to pursue. Kingdom righteousness, God's righteousness, effective prayer results from such in any man or woman. So as we approach a thousand days of united prayer, may we be men and women of inward righteousness so our prayers will be effective. May we follow in the path of the Lord who said, for I say to you that except your righteousness shall exceed that of the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. May God bless his word and may we see that revival that we've been praying for in 2024.